0: I know everybody's always thinking about the volume game, but some of the great stories that have come out of the transactions on the platform are the things that make me most proud and excited, like families reconnecting, you know, teenage kids having to do like road trips with the parents and like getting their relationship back on track without digital devices and TVs. Do you want to impact the
1: world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast so if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well thanks so much okay everyone today we have jen young who is the co-founder and cmo of outdoorsy which lets you rent local rvs so you can go on memorable adventures jen how's it going
0: it's going so well. Thank you very much for having me, Eric. How are you?
1: I am doing well. Thanks for being here. So, Jen, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about kind of who you are and what you do?
0: Cool. Well, thanks for the really good introduction. Um, Outdoorsy is uh, is a tech startup. We're a peer-to-peer marketplace that also has a B2B uh, enterprise software product. And basically, we dominate the whole outdoor recreational travel. It's a marketplace that services the 13 million RVs in the United States that do not get used for about 350 days a year. So they're literally only being used for two weeks out of the year. And it allows those owners to make money and uh, earn dollars, pretty good dollars, uh, potentially $50,000 a year renting out their RV when they're not using it. And on the renter side, for the 30 million Americans that love spending time in national parks and outdoor travel, they can pick up and use these things on demand as they want. So uh, we set up this business a couple of years ago and I've uh, been there from the beginning and responsible for marketing. So literally everything from the ground up, word of mouth, AdWords, Facebook, um, all of our growth channels and brand community, uh, the whole stack.
1: Awesome. So if I go to your website, then I just need to look for an RV that I like. And then it could be like any other kind of marketplace out there. I just you know, put in my credit card and then I can do, just go and uh, do like an exchange to get the RV.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's generally the concept. But one of the things that makes um, that makes outdoorsy a little bit a uh, little bit more full service than some of the the general marketplaces is we've really worked hard on the back end to build in a lot of additional products. So we negotiated a full like one million dollar liability insurance, uh, two hundred fifty thousand comp and collision insurance. We also integrated um, pay-as-you-go or on-demand roadside assistance. So normally that's a subscription model, where if you're renting something, you've got to like have an annual subscription for roadside assistance. But if you check out on Outdoorsy, literally you just, you know, hey, I'm, I'm you know, I'm hitting uh, Grand Canyon for four days. I'll take four days of emergency roadside assistance. Package it in with my insurance. Include all the actual stuff that outdoor people and RVers have in their garage, uh, paddle boards. Life jackets, bikes, barbecues, all that stuff. You can pick those things in. And, you know, a lot of our owners will even like fill up the refrigerator with us, you know, 24 cans of beer for you, too. So there's a lot more you can do, but uh, definitely the payments and the review system and all those sort of nuts and bolts of marketplaces um, are are part of Outdoorsy.
1: Awesome. And, you know, you have this incredible story about how you ended up starting the business. So can you go into that a little bit about how this thing all just began?
0: Yeah, totally. Um, You know, looking back, honestly, I think it, it's crazy that I did that and I can't even believe we did. <laughs> but uh, when you're in the, when you're at the beginning of it, and I bet if you've got a bunch of entrepreneurs listening um, into your podcast right now, they're probably nod their heads as I tell this story. But you know, when we, when we, when we knew that there was an unused recreational vehicles, travel trailers, camper vans, motorhomes, like all shapes and sizes, when we found that there were 13 million of these things sitting around the States, not being used for almost the whole year. So 350 days times 13 million available units is over a billion available rental days, we knew we had a market. So we're like, damn, you know, we've got to, we, we've got to figure this out. All the stakeholders, we've got to interview uh, the owners. We've got to interview the renters. We've got to interview the RV park owners. We've got to interview international travelers. We've got to really figure out what people are looking for in terms of price and selection and services and what does it mean, especially because it's a, you know, an on the road or a motor motorized product. So that brings in a bunch of layers of complexity. So we decided to, uh, you know, walk the walk and talk the talk. We sold our houses liquidated all the furniture and all the clothes and the stuff that we had. We bought a Denali and an Airstream Eddie Bauer. We moved into a trailer, like quite seriously. We were living in North beach, San Francisco and we drove up the trailer um, and the truck And we packed ourselves into it, um, it downsized, got covered on some local newspapers, which was awesome. We hit the road and we lived in this thing for eight months. And we interviewed through that process, hundreds of people, every single person in every park that I walked past or, you know, without being too rude, could go up and approach. I did. And that's where all of the insights for what was the interface? What was the software? What were the number of touch points? What timing was important to like, how long was trip planning? I mean, all those, all the touch points that go into building really great product and a great marketing and user experience. We got that by living on the road and traveling for eight months in this thing.
1: Got it. And what kind of questions were you asking? I mean, you're doing customer development and a lot of it. So what kind of questions were you asking some of these people? Were you just approaching them you know, cold in like a, like a campground? Like what were you doing?
0: Yeah, totally. So approached everybody cold. So started off with obviously some like really easy rapport building questions around like, hey, you know, cool rig and what a great trip you guys are on. Like, why are you here? So that's uh, one beautiful thing about working in the recreational travel space is everybody wants to talk about their trips, right? Everybody wants to talk about places to go and things to see and do. So we started by talking about like, why are they here? And you know, how did they get that particular RV? A lot of them were the rentals from the traditional rental markets, which were pretty crappy RVs. And a lot of them were owners that were saying, yeah, this is it, man. You know, I'm out here. This is my one vacation and, you know, getting, getting away from the grind and loving that. So we started talking about that and then we had to validate that we had product market fit, validate that we had something here. We knew we had a market with the number of idle assets and the number of available rental days. But then we started off with like, Hey, how would you feel if you could rent this thing out to us? Like we rented it from, We bought our own, but we're going to get rid of it. What if we wanted to rent your trailer? Would you feel comfortable renting it to us? What would make you feel comfortable? Like ratings and reviews. And, you know, we did all the checkmark stuff. Like, do you feel safe booking and paying and receiving cash deposits and security deposits online? So we did all of that for both renters and owners. And then once, you know, for the people, it was kind of interesting. It's like the people that were not interested, um, those were the ones where we got really, really great insights on how we were going to be able to overcome the objections. Like what were the things that would make it? And I think a lot of the question, a lot of the feedback there was scale. You know, if like everybody was doing it then they probably would feel uh, more comfortable. And then there was, you know, some outliers that were just like, no way, man, this is my house and my baby. But the large portion of people were so open. And I think, you know, in Airbnbs, uh, Ubers, And a lot of the other marketplaces out there really paved the way making peer-to-peer purchases and uh, sales, you know, commonplace. So yeah, you know, that was that was the general sort of just get to know why they're out there, what they're doing, what makes a trip great in an RV to qualify to make sure that, you know, we had product market fit. Would they do it if they would, if they wouldn't, why? And then we went into like, hey, if you could just imagine the most amazing experience, what would it be like, you know, for pickup and drop off? And that's where we got some cool ideas that we haven't even launched in our product yet, um, Eric, but we're going to next year. So things like, yeah, I'd love a marketplace where not only, you know, could I rent out mine, but like, what if I wanted to do a swap with somebody else's, you know, like, you know, Calrida? Or what if I outgrew my RV and it was time to actually buy um, a cooler one or we've got kids and we needed to buy a bigger one. Um, I'd love to buy it directly from, you know, somebody that you knew. trust it and try it out for a bit and then do it and sort of circumvent the traditional, you know, used car sales, um, RV sales uh, process. So lots of amazing inspirational ideas too.
1: Love it. So you're taking people through the entire, well, you just said it, the entire process now where if people like, if they rented from someone before, they can just actually buy from them or negotiate some terms down the road. And this is all coming from more customer feedback, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now that we actually have a thriving marketplace with, you know, hundreds of thousands of users and uh, tens of thousands of vehicles and like a really robust community going, now we're actually getting a ton of inbound recommendations and requests and um there's definitely no gaps in the product roadmap we're actually we're you know we're in that enviable position figuring out you know what our priorities are and you know how does that align to revenue and scale and user experience as opposed to can we do everything on the wish list which is another big thing for your your uh, your audience or people listening today if they're in a similar situation you know saying saying no to the shiny objects is really important to uh, build a culture around
1: Got it. And so, you know, building a marketplace kind of business, I mean, what are some struggles you faced doing this that you can that you can speak to? Because it's not it's not easy. Right. Because you have the chicken and the egg problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was so hard at the beginning because, you know, we were tackling everything. Right. I mean, building a marketplace that needed to be national, but start having to start in like city neighborhoods, county, uh, states. And then, you know, matching up first getting the supply. Oops, Sorry about that, guys. Uh, first getting the supply and then having to match the supply to demand in that same city, town, county, state, plus build awareness and all the rest of it was pretty challenging. So I'd say some of the things that really stand out and maybe this is for me in particular, because, you know, I, I didn't really come from tech startup worlds before. So I came from an environment where you did all of your pre-planning, your work and your time, and then you launched something that you knew was going to be gorgeous and perfect and connect with your customers. But in this world, in this environment, it was quite the opposite. So I think that one of the biggest things I learned is embracing a culture of failure. And I know that sounds weird because failures got sort of a bad rap as far as words go, but embracing a culture of failure is the name of the game, right? Like put out stuff that is half finished, try as many things as you possibly can. Just get any kind of feedback and then turn that feedback into your next iteration and try and do that like three times a week and get into that mojo where you're like, Hey, it's ugly, but you know, this is what, this is more important than uh, spending too much time and money to build something that looks great and then find out it fails. Great. And then also, you know, the other thing, Eric, I'd say is like, Good old basic meat and potato channels too. getting on the phone, like literally tons of cold calls, tons of word of mouth, like that, uh, that can't be uh, discounted.
1: Yeah. It seems counterintuitive to people that just pick up the phone nowadays. Sometimes I need to push people just like, like you know, this thing can just be solved on a quick phone call for one minute, but the, sometimes the, the things that the old school stuff, people just tend to uh, d- discard them. So before we go any further, I just wanted to tell you about a problem that entrepreneurs have been coming to me with. They don't know what they need to do next to grow their business, or they don't have the right resources to execute on marketing needs. Oftentimes, they don't have a marketing strategy, or they don't know who or what to hire for. If this sounds like something that you've been dealing with, I have a solution for you. Single Grain is a gross marketing agency, ran by yours truly, that has worked with venture-backed startups to Fortune 500 companies to help solve their marketing issues. Our strong points are in SEO and paid advertising. And if you need help in other areas, we're always happy to tap into our network of highly vetted vendors that we can even help manage for you. So there's no need to stress yourself out trying to find the right people for the job because we've got you covered. So if you're interested in this, just go to growtheverywhere.com slash help to get more information. Once again, that's growtheverywhere.com slash help. So in terms of... I mean, you talked about, you know, you have, uh, you know, lots of users, um you know, lots of people using the, the platform. I mean, what other numbers can you reveal around the business today?
0: I mean, we have we've got about a million interactions within our marketplace in terms of conversations and payments and completed bookings, which is pretty great, given that 2017 is our first full calendar year in market. So first January to December that we've had. You know, a, a cycle around for economics, which is great. So, million interactions, we've done uh, about a quarter of a million booking days booked, which is so cool. Like to be able to sit here now, <laughs> you know, looking back from, hey, we've got a great idea. Sure, building software marketplaces is so easy. To then figuring out it isn't so easy, and then uh, living in the trailer and like grinding it out. Oh, you know, I can say. A quarter of a million awesome vacation holiday days and and trips, road trips, have been booked and paid for and processed and completed on Outdoorsy. It's such a cool feeling. You know, I know everybody's always thinking about the volume game. But also for us, um, I would say some of the great stories that have come out of the transactions on the platform are the things that make me most proud and excited Uh, You know, like families reconnecting, you know, teenage kids having to do like road trips with the parents and like getting their relationship back on track without digital devices and TVs and all that sort of stuff. A few marriage proposals. Uh, Woman got pregnant and they're having their first child on one of their road trips. Uh, Grandparents connecting um, with one another. Uh, I'll try not to be too sappy there, Eric. No, I love it. I think for innovators and entrepreneurs and people that are trying to break molds and do new stuff, I don't want to discount like the value of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Because, you know, it's, it's the stories and it's the new ways of thinking and it's the new ways of people experiencing products and services and collaborating together that I think is pretty cool, too
1: yeah i think people tend to forget about that right you know especially people in the digital world everyone thinks about okay it's all about the numbers it's about growth 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 but it's the stories that connects you with people and that's what gets people to you know eventually love a brand and i think you as a company have done that so well speaking of i mean you know growth i mean what's working for you in terms of customer acquisition today since you're you come from a big marketing background
0: yeah absolutely um so we're, we're probably similar to, uh, you know, a lot of digital uh, businesses and uh, channels for customer acquisition. So our main potatoes are AdWords and Facebook and content. Those are the channels that work the hardest for us um, on, the, on the supply side, the owner side. Facebook is the place where we can naturally insert ourselves with a lot of highly engaged community groups around RVing and outdoor and vehicle enthusiasts. And because it's a pretty compelling proposition, really great creative um, in video and and strong visuals uh, capturing. You know, showing them and what it feels like to talking about the dollars that we can we can drive is, you know, really high converting channels for us. And then, of course, we've got a pretty tried and true now tested nurture flow through email, and it uses a bunch of different uh, supporting uh, documents and touch points through our travel journal or through downloads or through invitations to closed communities and conversation.
1: Yeah, I really recommend everyone go to the outdoorsy website and just check out all the stories. First of all, you can go to the blog. There's a lot of a lot of stuff that's going on. And then if you want to learn how to, you know, take things. I mean, you know, Jen just mentioned that from t- 2017 is their first calendar year. But if you look at all the stuff they've done from a branding perspective and a marketing perspective, it's pretty enviable. So good job on that.
0: Thank you for that. I mean, maybe maybe just another little punctuation mark around that, right? It's like when you're building product and, you know, you've got that entrepreneurial mindset, you're thinking, Hey, let's just like drive the the heart, the highest converting conversion channels. But, I'm telling you like a really cool looking photo and some thought around you know the emotion and a headline and a cool story angle it's amazing how um, how far that can go because a lot of people want to naturally pick up and share interesting stories right so we invested in we invested in building that content straight up you know we went on road trips ourselves and we shot a bunch of great photos and we shot our team and we tried to build some cool assets and that's what we pushed out there for other content providers and writers to write about and it's worked for us aside from the story straight-up acquisition ad approach.
1: Yeah, people tend to forget about And this is something I stress to any entrepreneurs or marketers out there. People are forgetting about the lost art of, of copywriting and what a good headline really means. And I think you've done that really well. So again, go to the Outdoorsy site, learn more about it even Google the word copywriting because it's not just all about throwing ads up on, on Facebook or, or or Google. It's much more than that, right?
0: A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, everybody – I'm sure there's people that know a lot more about this um, than I do that are listening in. But even, even if you think about AdWords, right, which everybody um, generally associates around targeting and ad groups and bidding and spend – really cutting through costs and cutting through in overall ad groups really happens at the, at the headline. And I mean, this is where there's just like so much me too advertising out there that if you can inject personality and, you know, try your different power words and really find something that stands apart from all of the me too competitive ads at the top of page, be amazed at, you know, how many clicks you'll get being in, you know, sixth position if you've got a really uh, interesting headline.
1: There you go. Great. So a couple more rapid fire questions for you, Jen. What's one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value? For example, Evernote.
0: Ah, uh, Evernote. God, I wish that, um, I wish that Evernote worked really well for me. Um, I I'm, I'm a little bit more meat and potatoes on my my to dos there, but I'd say I mean I know every, I know that uh, Slack is everybody's talking about Slack and it's I don't know that that's it's a massive tool, but Slack has definitely changed things for me and so has Quip. But going back to the point, um, Eric, about where outdoorsy is right now and how we drive so much. Uh, Traffic and interest around our stories. We're doing a lot of writing, so Quip's been a really great tool for us um, because we are so heavy up and focused on like the quality of our content and the storytelling. So it's an awesome tool where I can collaborate in the live fashion with all my partners, like bloggers, writers, social influencers, my team members. I can CC, I can tag. I can give permissions for access to some files and folders and not. It's got, you know, a little bit of Slack. It's got a little bit of like word processing and it's got a little bit of G drive in it too. So that's been a tool for us that's worked really well this year. But I would say, I mean, literally like tools for us are changing about as quickly um, as you can imagine.
1: Got it. Okay. And how about for you personally, how are you getting better every day? How are you learning? How are you just improving?
0: I mean, I work on it. Um, Every day I wrap up the end of my day and every morning I start off my day with pretty tight summaries of like, what were my big pillars um, that mattered for the business? And, you know, I refine them just slightly. What are the, you know, what are, I work on like themes and my content calendars and then my like big major sort of documents. And then I look into my to-dos and my tasks and I just build a really strong, um, system internally about like, what are the priorities? What am I going to drop, do or delay? And I just do that every single morning. And it does get me to be a lot more effective and also saying no.
1: Got it. And does that come from the, it sounds like the getting things done methodology. Is that what you follow?
0: 100% I, I also do power through probably two or three times as much as any other person in the kind of world uh, as me like oh, like all of my uh, my friends in, in other jobs I mean I, I just do more and I think that that is also another requirement uh, if you're if you're in the startup world.
1: Love it. All right. Well, Jen, this has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online?
0: Best way for people to find me online is any social channel. But uh, personally, if you want to connect with me either on uh, Facebook or direct your email, com. love uh, touching base and talking with people. I've shut down my personal Instagram because we're running um, Outdoorsy Instagram there, but that's probably the best way to get a feeling and a vibe for um, the brand. And I always love talking to uh, as many people as I can.
1: Awesome. Great. Jen, thanks so much for doing this.
0: Absolutely. Have a great day, Eric. Absolutely love what you guys are up to.